This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I woke up this morning to a text message from you that said, uh, oh, what a feeling waking up to news of a double game week. And (laughs) (laughs) is it too soon to be talking double game weeks? Already game week 25, we have a double with... Everton and Manchester City. This is kind of crazy. It's a perfect. It's a. It's a, it, it is a perfect double game week. It's like it's got. It's complicated. It's you've got the game week at twenty five, and then you've got you know the blank for those two teams just two weeks later. Uh, you've got uh, Man City the double game week at home, but then they play Chelsea in game week twenty six, which should, should be a pretty tough match. Uh, it's fantastic. So we kind of ripped up our whole running order for today, and we're going to talk a lot about double game weeks because. They're super exciting. And just and Brandon, just because I, I am conscious these days of not getting like so far in the weeds with some of the stuff that we talk about. If this is your first year playing fantasy, uh, a double game week basically means that, you know, one, one one or more teams plays twice in a particular game week, right? Like a game week where, where, where you can accrue points. So yep. in this case, uh, Manchester City and Everton, because Man City are playing in the League Cup final on game week 27, um, they won't be able to have a game week that that week. So they're playing game week 25. They're playing away to Everton, and that's that falls within game week 25. So they will have two fixtures, and Everton will have two fixtures uh, within that game week. Well said, Josh. Yeah, so Thank this you. is this is this is an opportunity for your Manchester City or Everton assets to score double the points in in a sense. Right. Uh, Tri- maybe we'll, quadruple, Brandon. Maybe quadruple. Yeah, we'll we'll get more into that. Um, <laughs> before we talk about all of the exciting well, the way you describe this is the perfect double game week because it's it's complicated. You're the type of guy that enjoys like foreign films and really really dense literature Uh i i would prefer this double game week to be a little more like a summer blockbuster marvel comic movie can Mm -hmm. we make it just a little easier (laughs) it it is tricky i mean you are i i guess i i have a slight i have the slightest leg up on you and again i don't want to get too into the double game week stuff quite yet because we're gonna get way into that uh in a few minutes but 
you know, just if we can talk about our own personal teams right now and how we're thinking about it, I have so. You know, I'm trying to decide how many players I want for Man City and Everton for this double game week. I currently have Leroy Sané and uh, Lucas Dean in my team, right? So I've got two players for the double. I think that I want four. And mm-hmm. what I'm leaning towards right now is bringing in uh, Richarlison, which I can do very easily with some some money left over from my, my Harry Kane sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have enough money to probably take Trent Alexander-Arnold and move him into a Man City uh defender or i could possibly move um for uh for ederson as my goalkeeper for that game week yeah um the only concern there is i could only do that by moving out patricio and because gaita is injured i wouldn't have a keeper for game week 27 um so it's it's very again it's complicated but i love it i love the challenge of trying to figure (laughs) it out i don't like it when things are easy i like it when it's it's very messy and complicated right right Uh, so it's definitely going to be Yep, and I just have Lucas Dean right now. No Manchester City coverage. So I'm waffling between attacking City coverage or defensive coverage. I think it might be an either-or for me, but yeah. Um, Let's just do some housekeeping before we get more into that. Josh, at the end of this podcast, we're going to have a quick interview with Tyro Aruda. We had the pleasure of chatting with him about the upcoming Yale Soccer Conference. It's happening February 9th through 10th up in New Haven, Connecticut. Tyro extended an invitation to us, so we will be the always cheating audience's eyes and ears up at the first annual Yale Soccer Soccer Conference. People speaking there, Steven Zemanski, author of the book Soccernomics, also Pierre Musa. We have an interview scheduled with him. He produces all of NBC's Premier League coverage here in the States. Grant Wall, people know him as the uh, chief soccer writer at Sports Illustrated, and executives from Bayern Munich, Barcelona, various MLS clubs. So stay tuned to the end of the episode. We've got that interview with Tyro, in which he talks more about the conference and what to expect. Plus, Josh, we have tickets that were made uh, free to us by way of Tyro. If we have any listeners out there who are in the New Haven area or want to be or will be in the New Haven area, reach out to us via email or direct message. Uh, we're at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And we can figure out a way to get you to the conference. That's right. Yeah, it's it's really the conference is basically about the business of soccer. So if that's something that's interesting to you, or if it's a maybe a career you want to get into, or something like that, maybe this is the conference to check out. So yeah, as Brandon said, email us hailcheaters at gmail dot com. Uh, Brandon. Um, want to talk quickly about our patreon supporters too um if you um well first of all if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com we're getting all the messy stuff out of the way aren't we we're gonna be able to get it's gonna be all double game week talk brandon once we get through the business end of this yes (laughs) so if you'd like to support what we do visit patreon.com slash always cheating um we have our new uh podcast stream the kitchen table series brandon you did one on friday um, mm-hmm. I'm planning to do one after Wednesday's matches. So this week, you know, it's it's the the mat, It's a very so we're going to try to do a, like for once an actually short podcast or fairly short podcast uh, because the matches start um, on Tuesday, then on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we have more matches on Saturday and Sunday. We're not going to have time to do another podcast, but I am going to do a short kitchen table podcast where I talk about game week 25. So um, those are exclusively for our Patreon supporters. Uh, we do have a couple new patrons this week, Brandon, uh, a new producer patron, Matt Ritter. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, and two, Matt. two new Embakani patrons, JP and Daniel Stocker. So thank you to JP, Daniel, and Matt. Awesome. Thanks for the support. And again, patreon.com slash always cheating if you want to um, consider supporting what we do here at the Always Cheating Podcast. All right. 
back to it. What were we talking about? Double game <laughs> weeks? Double game weeks. I know. So we have, you know, it's so the double game week is in game week 25. We have a whole set of matches before that takes place. But, you know, let's let's give people what they want. Right. And let's start talking about this double game week. And, you know, I think it is I think it's worth thinking about this. You could actually think about this as game week 24, 25 and 26 kind of together now right because mm-hmm. yes uh the question is you know do you want to start moving for man city Everton players early you know so we have a lot of questions here we're going to get to in a second but just just briefly so just let's run through the fixtures for everton and man city in game weeks 24 25 26 all right okay let's do it everton play uh, away to huddersfield um, on uh tuesday they play uh, home to wolves on saturday and then they will also host Man City on uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it's two home fixtures and one away fixture for them. Two of those fixtures are actually quite good, I think. I mean, the 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 fixture to Everton or you know way to Huddersfield, and then the fixture at home to to uh, Wolves. Wolves. I mean, Wolves yeah. occasionally look good. I don't know, but like they're <laughs> they're conceding a ton of goals right now, right? They conceded two more uh, yesterday in the FA Cup. Yeah, um, Matt Doherty starting in that match did not help the defensive matters, apparently, though he did come away with the goal. So yeah. that that's a lot to think about in terms of Doherty. Yeah. And even that even the home match to, uh, to Man City on Wednesday, I mean, because they're home, I feel like they have at least a chance of scoring a you know, goal in that match. Uh, talking about Man City, they play away to Newcastle on Tuesday. They play home to um, Arsenal on Saturday and then they play away to Everton on Wednesday. Those are all pretty good fixtures too, right? I mean, you know, Man City, uh, Koscielny may have broken his jaw, and yeah. uh, Socrates also. I mean, they may be playing at home to Arsenal like, against an Arsenal team that like basically doesn't have a back line, right? Like, Nacho Monreal is trying to shield his goalkeeper, like yeah, in like holding is out too, right? So it's just like a yeah, it's just yeah. A complete complete mess for them right now. Yeah. Um. So it's you know that is like a possibly captainable fixture right there mm-hmm. um so when you combine that with the with the everton match and the newcastle i mean you know there's I, i've heard some people talking about oh i want to save my transfer now for game week 25 but i think you could consider just starting to move early for for yes. either one of these two teams agreed totally agreed um here's a here's another question table setting question we have these doubles coming up for everton and city in 25 but the, both of these teams have blanks in game week 27, meaning right. they do not have fixtures during that game week. None of these players can score points for you in game week 27. Right. How does that change our thinking in terms of loading up ahead of a blank? And then we're going right. to be stu- stuck with a lot of holes in our team. Well, it just depends on how many people you want to bring in. You know, I mean, if you bring in four, let's say, um, you have, you know, assuming you just do one transfer per game week, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, the like, you know, you're not burning points. You're just you're just using your normal transfer. Um, then you could move one player out in game week 26 and one out in game week 27. And then you'd have two on the bench, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think is is all that bad. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, two on the bench. And then, you know, after that match, um, Man City have West Ham at home and Bournemouth away. Um, you know, two excellent fixtures. Um, Everton, it's um, it's not quite as good. I mean, they have Cardiff away in gaming 28, which is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea at home in gaming 29. So, you know, you, like you're going into decent fixtures in both cases with those players. So as long as you can field a full team in gaming 27, yeah. I, I don't see that as a big issue. Like even having yeah. up to three players on the bench. This is something that I touched upon in this week's kitchen table sessions is – 
be be mindful of sacrificing short-term thinking in favor of long-term. Mm-hmm. So right. if you're looking just at the blanks in 27, you might end up losing great uh, scoring opportunities in 24, 25, 26. So just yeah. don't be blind to what's right in front of you. So how does this change your like, like, what was your plan going into game week 24? And how has that changed? Yeah, my plan going into 24 was to scrape together a little bit more money. And I was target targeting like a lot of people Bednarak on Southampton, mm-hmm. 3.9 starting central defender bonus point magnet looked like a good buy. So um, I was just kind of setting myself self up long term. Now with this double game week in 25, I think the Bednarek plan has to be tabled in favor of a Manchester City defender. And okay. that would be a game week 24 move. And I'm, I'm still on two free transfers. So that gives me an opportunity to, uh, on top of Dean, who I already have, bring in three more players for free before the double that are okay. either Everton or City. So that's that's how my, my plans effectively changed by it's all focused toward Everton and City players instead of somebody like Bednarek. So who are you thinking about? Like, what is your what is a possible plan that you're considering right now? Yeah. So um, my immediate thought is you have to go attack with Manchester City. There was a lot mm-hmm. of chatter about, well, who do you go for between Aguero or uh, or Jesus Aguero or Aguero? Uh, that's a couple seasons ago. Um but I think you just want to have the best players in this situation. And to me, the two best attackers on City are Sané and Sterling. We can get into all sorts of circular arguments about rotation. But the only attackers for me worth considering for City would be um, Sterling or Sané. Here's, mm-hmm. the, here's the wrinkle. In order for me to get either of those players, I have to move one of two players. That's Hazard or Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. So I could see the logic of um, wanting to keep Hazard because he has a Huddersfield fixture in that mm-hmm. double game week 25. So if you want to, if you've been holding on and struggling with Hazard, why would you not want to stick it out just for that really plum 25 <laughs> fixture? So then you look at, you look at Aubameyang and um, I want Aubameyang short term. I also want Aubameyang long term. I don't think mm-hmm. I want him game week 25 when he is away at the Etihad against Manchester City. Right. So then I start to I start to see a little bit of the logic in terms of that's just a straight hokey cokey with Aguero or Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, the uh, the other side of it is I came around to well maybe I I like Aubameyang and Hazard short and long term. Why fuss around with the attack and just double up on Ederson and Laporte in the back? Right. Um, and that seems like defense a, isn't good, which is, yes. you know, one of the reasons <laughs> you have to do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree with you. And that's where that uh, whole uh, tinkering in my head sort of stopped short. I'm like, oh, right. Uh, City's defense is not very good. And if they are coming up against both Everton and Arsenal, these teams are capable of scoring. Yeah. But I don't know. You you brought brought this up in last week's episode about how Aubameyang really su- uh, struggles against the top four teams. And yeah. uh, the likelihood of him doing anything there is is tricky. Also, are we selling Manchester City's defense short? Ten clean sheets on the season. I mean, that's, that's almost as good well, as it gets apart yeah, from Liverpool. I'm- no, that's that is true. I mean, um, they have played Wolverhampton and Huddersfield in the last two, so it's it's been a little bit easier. But before that, you had to go back to game week thirteen to to get a clean sheet from them. 
I mean, you're talking about a, a very long stretch of yeah. what is that like? Almost ten game, nine game weeks with you know without mm-hmm. a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, so, I I mean, you know, it's like yeah, they had a, like a like a pretty hot start of the season. They've been okay the last two game weeks. You know, they're probably the second best defense in the league, but every defense is bad outside of Liverpool. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's it's I just like. It, it kind of just depends on your situation. I mean, for me, it's like Trent Alexander-Arnold is like, you know, still a doubt to even play. Like, no one really knows if he will. So it's kind of an easy move, I think, to to bring him out, um, mm-hmm. especially because I've already brought in Robertson. The question for me is really Richarlison versus Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Um, and I, this is where I would consider holding my transfer because um, Bernardo Silva, I actually, I pulled up the stats for the FA Cup match yesterday for Man City. Uh, Silva did start and was not, was not subbed. He just played the whole match. I uh, did score a goal in the match, but the fact that he, pl- you know, in, in um, Sonny and Sterling didn't even come on the pitch, which is kind of perfect actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they've been given, you know, full rest. Neither of them played in the, um, in the league cup semifinal second leg either so full rest for them every reason to think they're going to start the next two games Bernardo Silva though plays 90 minutes they've got now three matches in 10 days I've got to think he's not going to start in probably game week 24 yeah and Kevin De Bruyne can play that same position you'd expect to see him uh have a lot more minutes especially in that double game week yeah although he did start the match too and Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know and i just i worry about him still with the with the serious injury if i can't see him playing three times in the next three game weeks or you know the next three fixtures so um he's the one people have been talking about him and i i just don't i i I don't trust him i also think the thing about de bruyne is like he i don't know it's just like it's not like he's like a forward anyway i don't know it's like i just it's like I, i would never want de bruyne over sané you know, like just yep. give me the guy who scores and assists like as like a as like a function of where he is in the formation. You know, with De Bruyne, it's always shots outside the box. It's I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, a you know, amazing the way he links out the play and everything. But um, I don't know. I feel like when he's in like peak form, he's great because he's kind of like David Silva, where it's like you can just get points like game week in and game week out. But for like a yeah. double game week, I just don't think he's like the kind of player I, I want. Yeah, I tend to agree. Now, Richarlison is another interesting talking point. Uh, what the double game week for Everton? What that the only thing it says to me is I th- was thinking of getting rid of Lucas Dean, but now I won't. Do mm-hmm. I want to go anywhere else with Everton? I'm not sure I do, to be honest. Yeah. Charleston has not been in great form. He did score a goal uh, in the FA Yesterday. Cup this weekend, so yep. you know for whatever that counts toward his form. But Everton. They still lost that match. They have not looked great <laughs> at all. I mean, what, no, what's the attraction that's... there for you? Well, for me, it's just it would be the appeal would be if I got him going into game week 24. I mean, the appeal is, you know, he just scored yesterday. They're about to play Huddersfield away in Wolves at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are two fantastic fixtures. I I wouldn't normally consider bringing him in if he didn't have the double. Right. Mm -hmm. Because because of this blank in game week 27. But now it's like I've got three million. It's very easy move from from him to Brooks or, you know, from Brooks to Richarlison. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Brooks plays. um, They play away to um, or excuse me, Chelsea, Chelsea actually, in game week 24. So not like a match would want to start Brooks in any way. So I don't know. I mean, that's kind of like a just it's because of that that I would be I would sort of consider it. Um, Yeah. yeah, The big thing for me is I, I keep thinking about the the Hazard thing. Like I, I can't decide if if it's like the like all the Hazard owners have locked into this like beautiful like parachute out of him, you know, or it's just like <laughs> it's just like it's so nice. It's like oh I yeah, call, just go. I like, wouldn't call straight, it luck, Josh. 
Right. Or you, you would call it luck? Yeah, it's kind I would of not. Luck, right? I would not call it luck. Oh, you wouldn't. Okay. I think it's kind of lucky um, because you can go, you know, he's, he hasn't been in form at all. And uh, and then suddenly it's like, oh, like, how about just move right to Sterling or Sané with this double game week? Um, but uh, yeah, but of course, you know, he's going to troll us, right? Like everyone who drops him is going to not get the like three goals and two assists that he picks up in the Huddersfield match. So this it's is like, the big question. Yeah, this yeah. is the big question. What do you think? And we can't predict, and that's mm-hmm. a fool's errand. But home Huddersfield, captainable fixture for Hazard. Does mm. he is he able to cover a double game week's worth of points from a Manchester City midfielder? Given Arsenal and Everton are their opponents, and no. I think uh, yeah, you don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, why would I think so? Like he has, he's had a bunch of these fixtures in the last few game weeks and he hasn't done it, you uh-huh. know, like why is he suddenly going to do it? Like he, he didn't do it at home to Southampton, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Huddersfield is going to try to like minimize the damage in that match. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he blanked to Crystal Palace. He blanked at home to Southampton, only picked up an assist at home to Newcastle, uh, blanked at home to Leicester. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know. He's it's a lot of blanks for him, and against some really like fairly easy competition. So, I mean, I guess it just depends on whether you think Higuain is just like such a complete game changer for Hazard that that you know he can kind of um, it'll like kind of like boost his form and open up a lot of opportunities for him, which is entirely possible. I, I just I don't know. I would always go with the double. I, I just love double game weeks though too. So like I just mm-hmm. like it's hard for me not to resist you know bringing in a double game week player. Right. Uh, I was watching the first half of the Chelsea-Sheffield Wednesday FA Cup match, and I said to you before we were recording, you asked what were my takeaways from Higuain. Two of them were, uh, first and foremost, why couldn't Olivier Giroud just do the same donkey job that Higuain is doing? That's unclear to me, why they had to pay money for Higuain. Second Mm -hmm. was the whole um, discussion between him and William ahead of the penalty that William ended up taking. And already now you have question marks about Higuain's you know, hunger for goals. And right. with Hazard not being in the squad at all, there's no possibility of seeing what kind of chemistry exists there. So the way I'm approaching it is I, I do take your point regarding uh, Hazard covering Manchester City double game week points. Mm-hmm. I uh, am just going to wait and see how Hazard looks against Bournemouth. He will have to do something against Bournemouth. If he does nothing, then yes, I will take your very fortunate parachute. Um, that that you've offered me. Uh, Let's get to some questions, Brandon. How about that? Uh, Sure. Shetsi Uppercut Panda says, which Man City play? Long time, long time listener. Long time since he asked us a question, Brandon. It's nice to have the Panda back. Uh, It says, which which Man City players are nailed on to play both games? Uh, Okay. You you Um, talked to Pep, right? You asked him, like... Like you went like, did you call him or did you text him? Like, he, but he gave you some like inside scoop on this, right? We extended we extended an invitation for Pep to appear on the Always Cheating podcast due to scheduling issues. Mm. He really wanted to do it, Josh, That's but due bad. to scheduling issues, he couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, bummer. We can't answer this question. In all <laughs> likelihood, in all likelihood, you're looking at um, Ederson and Laporte. So mm-hmm. there you go. I would say possibly, of- possibly Bernardo Silva. I think if 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 he doesn't start or even play in game week twenty four, I think there's a decent chance that he plays in both of the game week twenty five fixtures. Yeah, honestly, uh, I would not be scared off of Sinai or Sterling 
for fear of rotation. I could yeah. see particularly Sané playing 70 minutes in both. There is, you know, they have a number of options on the right-hand side where Sterling is, he tends to play. You could play Mahrez um, or, or or various other wingers. Sané is the one true left-sided player. And yeah. now there is talk. Mendy is back. He was on the team sheet over the weekend. Oh, but, did you not uh, hear that? Apparently he suffered I, I, another setback. Se- oh, sorry. Did I cut yes, uh, I was, yeah. was just going to segue into that. So, again, Mendy appears to be off the table for the short term. So it yep. just makes Sané that much more appealing. I do think Sané is the pick. Isn't it it's, funny it's how clear. I feel like we've talked about Benjamin Mendy on this podcast about as much as anybody this year. And over the last two seasons, he's played what, like 10 Premier League games. I mean, he's like he's like honestly like barely played, you know, like he played like what, like yeah. five or six matches last year before he missed the whole season with the knee injury. I think yeah. he only played like seven or eight this year. Um mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. I mean, like, it's just like he is like the most famous player who never plays. Like, he's turning into um, who is that guy on Arsenal who was um, like he came from Dortmund. He was like the short yeah. midfielder, um, Thomas he, Rosicki. He, okay, uh, yeah. it, well, there's two. There's there's also there, yeah. There, there I mean, there's a couple of these guys. The from guy Arsenal. who broke his back before he even arrived to the uh, <laughs> yeah. to the Emirates. Uh, Kallstrom. That was Kim. Yeah. It was a Kim Kallstrom. <laughs> I think um, so. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's also Abu Dhabi too, who just couldn't say it. a lot of guys uh, in Arsenal. Uh, but yeah, it was like I feel like Rosicky was one of these guys who's just like always on the. It was, he was always about to come back from injury. Was yep. like always on the yeah. way back, and then suffers a setback. Mendy, uh, when he Mendy. is fit, though, uh, a total FPL legend. So I think he he warrants the talk. He's he's earned the talk to a degree. Oh, for sure. But it's just like his fame far outstrips his actual on-field <laughs> performance. Yeah. So I, I think I agree with you. I think, um, yeah, it, well, but because Mendy's out, I think that, yeah, Lasane probably has to play maybe possibly even more than Pep would like him to play, mm-hmm. you know, just as yeah. a result of all these all these injuries. Yeah, and, and he didn't play at all uh, across the last week with both EFL and FA Cup fixtures. So you would think that yeah. Pep has – his eye on the minutes he needs Sané to play because yeah, the, the dog fight that is happening between Liverpool and Manchester city right now, obviously champions league, huge priority for the club, but yeah. um, keep keeping that, uh, keeping that short distance between them and Liverpool and the league is hugely important. They're going to have to play their best 11 each time out. Yeah. It's, it, you know, by the way, I was just thinking about how it's so weird that like, like the rise of man United has complicated things so much. You know, it's like it's like I can't like Rashford and Pogba to me are unmovable players. Yes, you know? I would like, agree. I would agree. Whereas normally I would be trying to find a way to move Pogba or whoever I had on that slot into Raheem Sterling or Bernardo Silva or whatever. And now I'm just like, sorry, he can't go anywhere, you know. Yeah, uh, and yeah. also with Pogba, I'm a, I'm a little price locked with him anyway. Uh, Pogba is up to eight point seven million and I bought him at seven point eight million. So mm-hmm. my sell-on price for him is eight point three. Um, so, like, sounds I like really, it's time to sell. In a way, but like, I, I don't want to go without him long term, you know. And so, yeah, I feel like right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of locked in with, uh, with him. Like, like if I move him, that like that's it's a permanent divorce between yeah. me and Paul Pogba. <laughs> He's never coming back. <laughs> All right, next question, Ian Stimson. Is there any play in a triple captain Ederson? He's a guaranteed starter, which you cannot say for the rest of the squad. Uh, 
I, I love the thinking, but uh, that's a hard no for me. Yeah, captaining a goalkeeper is one thing, but and if, if the if it's the captain, the goalkeeper out of fear of rotation, the odds of a Manchester City attacker outscoring Ederson just in one match in one double yeah. game week far outstrip what Ederson could do across two. So the problem, that, that's a firm no yeah. for me. The problem is it's hard to imagine them keeping clean sheets in both those match, matches, and he doesn't get a lot of save points in general. Like he's he's just not like – I mean it kind of depends on who they're playing. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like I could see a, like when they play Arsenal, like, like Man City just dominating possession and him only getting like one save in that match, right? So even if he got a clean sheet, you know, he'd only pick up six points instead of – the kind of return you might get from like a, a Mo Salah or whatever, you know, like a bunch of like, I don't know, like there's only one way for a goalkeeper to accrue points, right? It's just, you know, I mean, I guess there's penalty saves too, which are kind of yeah. very hard to plan for, obviously. Uh, you know, I do it all I, the time. Yeah. Unless you like, you know, know that you're going to play Crystal Palace or something. You're like, well, Will Zaha is going to win like three penalties and, <laughs> you know, might have some chances uh-huh. to make a penalty yeah. save. So, I mean, you know, so, and then, you know, and I, I just, I feel like it's likely he's going to concede in one of those two matches, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then you're probably looking at like eight points from him and eight mm-hmm. points from a triple captain would be considered a pretty poor return i would think you know um so that's it's really, i'm certainly hoping for more from whenever i play my triple captain are yeah, you considering you hope for. would you consider any chips you know would you consider the uh, the triple captain all attack uh, not all attack that doesn't exist anymore uh free hits like any of these you know no pitch boost? no yep. i i wouldn't i think you're better off um i think we have a, a triple captain question regarding a non-double game week coming up but um no, I think you can ride your luck in game week 25. The free mm-hmm. hit, um, I think you need to uh, – you would only be playing the free hit just to bring in Manchester City assets. And as we said, even though game week 25 seems so close, we do have enough time to build in for just Manchester City players, which would be the priority. Yep. And to waste a free hit on that, just as I said, it's, it's a waste. Uh, AJ says, for just game week 25, would you do Aubameyang out, Aguero in for a minus four? Uh, He says, let's say you already have one of Sterling and Sané. So we both have Aubameyang, Josh. Mm -hmm. And I, as I said, I like him short term. Let's see, Arsenal coming up. They have home Cardiff in game week 24, captain role fixture. Mm -hmm. And then it's City away is the the one lackluster fixture in 25 then it's Huddersfield Southampton Bournemouth so if you drop a bom- point being if you drop a bombing in game week 25 you immediately want him back right and uh that and I'm on the record I, as like the the, the, the hokey cokey doesn't work I just don't think like it's something always goes wrong something always mm-hmm. like you know happens to, to screw up your beautiful plan of you know, yeah, transferring right. a player out and back in. Like, is that, have you ever actually done it? I feel like I, I, I never pull it off. Like something always happens to screw it up. I think I was able to do it once with Lukaku and Zlatan back when yeah. Lukaku was. This is, this is what we're talking. I mean, like you, you have to stretch back to the era when Zlatan <laughs> Ibrahimovic was playing for Man United. Yeah. You know, it's um, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't love that move. Um, there's actually a question um, we got that kind of ties in with this, though. Um, Dave Newell says, um, who do you think is Pep's preferred striker right now? Uh, I was thinking he'd probably start his best record against Burnley in the cup and then against Arsenal and Chelsea the following two weekends, uh, with his second choice start, uh, starting midweek games against Newcastle and Everton. So would I be right in thinking Jesus is now the first choice over Aguero? 
Yeah, I think I think one. Jesus just edges out Aquero based on recent, you know, patterns of like rotation. Yeah, it cha- changes with the wind. I mean, you know, the biggest match of the season was, you know, just just what three weeks ago, and he picked Aguero to start that match right at home to to Liverpool um, on whatever that was, January third. So, you know, I mean, can things change that dramatically? You know, in three weeks' time. That like suddenly it's like Aguero's on the back burner and Jesus is the man. You know, like I don't think things change that much that quickly. And so, a, an injury could happen to, you know, that's the one caveat, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I guess this is like we're like venturing like really far in a theoretical here, but like if if Aguero got injured this game week or or Jesus, I would probably consider dropping a bombing. And like if I knew for a fact that there was gonna be one of these two guys starting both fixtures. Um, it'd be very tempting to drop a bombing for one game week. I wouldn't do yeah. it for minus four, though. Uh, we have a question here from Jeremiah Johnson. Is double game week? So we've been talking nonstop about double game mm-hmm. week 25. Jeremiah mm-hmm. wants to know, is this just fool's gold? Is it you? You love the double game weeks. This is not fool's gold for you. It's not pie right. Well, talking about Man City, man. We're talking about Man City playing an Arsenal team without a defense and an Everton team that doesn't play defense. Like, and you get a chance to play like you know, like double, you get, you get, you get those players and like, you get, you know, I don't know. It's like double man city in one game week. Like, how can that be? I mean, okay. Yes. There's always rotation worry, but I think the rotation worry gets overstated and like, like Leroy Sané to me is like, he's definitely the candidate that I'm like really leaning towards for a game week 25 captain, because he's going to play in both those matches. Like he may come off the bench in one of those matches, but there's like nothing a team wants to see less in the 65th minute of a match than like Leroy Sané, like straight out of the pitch, right? Like the guy who just like runs and runs and runs and runs and runs like that is like, you know, it's, it's terrifying. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he could absolutely pick up points, even if he didn't come out until the 65th minute of one of these two matches. I do know that Jeremiah is a toffee. He's an Everton fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, could you just ignore Everton's featuring in 25? Cause I, as I said, I, I'm far less interested in any of Everton's attack. I I guess I just, you know, I mean, okay. So one of the reasons that I think, as I mentioned before, that I'm sort of interested, if I bring in Richarlison, I'm going to do it before game week 24, because I think it's, it's getting that in that case, you'd have, you know, Huddersfield, you'd have him for Huddersfield, you'd have him for, uh, for Wolves. And then the city match is like a bonus, you know, it's like, Hey, like, Maybe he gets two points here. Maybe he gets more. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, Everton will have some chances to score, you know, for sure in that match. Uh, Richarlison got a brace uh, against Wolves early in the season, if you if you recall, Brandon. The famous Richarlison brace. I think it was game week two. Yeah, that was fun. That was before he got a red card and he <laughs> fell off uh, our, our radar, radar for yeah. FBL. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm not like I, I don't mean to sound like super hardcore with Charleston. Um, there is a, actually a question um, that we should get to about. Um, I actually don't know if I pulled it or not, but somebody asked about. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Let's uh, talk ta- about it now. Taib Khalil says, uh, "With Charleston being awfully out of form and Everton defensively weak, um, is Sigurdsson the best Everton asset?" What do you think? Uh, I don't think so. I think Richarlison still beats him out. Considering I was following Everton's Twitter during their FA Cup match, and they posted a picture of Sigurdsson from last season. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everyone jumps on the Everton Twitter handle. of Like, first of all, Sigurdsson doesn't score, and he's been crap this entire match, yeah. which then continues like a 100 different replies of Everton fans saying, 
worst midfielders to ever wear the shirt and so on and so forth. Rather extreme. Mm-hmm. But uh, there does seem to be a contingent of people out there who believe that Sigurdsson is really not worth talking about. And um, I, I, do, I don't know if I agree with that, but all, all to say um, he divides opinion. He just feels a little expensive for his returns. You know, I mean, Richarlison is, you know, part of his appeal is just that he is 6.8 million. You know, he's just not that expensive. Um it's like, I mean, you know, this is like, so this is like the thing about double gaming too. It's like you, you want to bring in these players, but you don't want to like totally screw up your team structure, you know, to do it. Like mm-hmm. you want to, you know, like again, like Aubameyang, is it really worth dropping him for Aguero just for one game week when you know that you want him for all the ones before and afterwards? And so to me, I feel like it's kind of not, um, especially because mm-hmm. of the the concern about rotation. Um, and you know, Richarlison, it's like 6.8 million, but it's pretty easy to move him on to somebody else afterwards, right? You're not like, you're not totally screwing up your team to bring him in. Um, you know, most people have the money to do that and then sort of take out a, a Ryan Fraser or something like that to do it. Um, and then by the way, Taya Basso said, I think he says, I think I'm the only one, I think I'm the only one fan of you guys from the whole country, Pakistan. Now that can't be true, Taya Right, there's got to be oh, more, more Pakistani fans out there. Yeah, if there are Pakistan fans out there who are listening, hit us up with an email or a yeah, tweet. We'd exactly. love to hear from you. Tell work. us how wrong Taib Khalil is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a. I have a would you rather question for you, okay. Josh. This All comes right. from James Q. Option A: triple captain a city attacker in game week twenty five, mm-hmm. or would you rather be triple captain Salah at home to Bournemouth uh, the following game week, game week twenty six. I'll take the double game week. Um, you know, just yeah. I'll take I'll take I'll take uh, Sane over Salah the next game week. Okay. Um. I'll, I don't know. They're both appealing. They're both appealing. I wouldn't do either. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm old school, Josh. Olivier Giroud. You want you want the the you want a five pointer from Giroud. A nice simple five pointer. Get the assist. Yeah. The two the the, the you know the two, the two points for playing ninety minutes. I love, by the way, that both of us are just like we both think that Giroud is like exactly as good as Higaway. Like we're neither we're, we're, like neither of us are impressed with him at all. <laughs> we're just like with Higaway, and we're just like, yeah, he's fine. Like Giroud's just yeah. As good. Yeah. No, sorry. Was like I'll take the other guy who failed to score in a World Cup final. <laughs> How about him? <laughs> uh, all right. Last question in the double gaming section, Brandon. Uh, FPL Thunder Jeff says, hello, gents. Regarding double gaming 25, I currently have no city and only Dean from Everton. I am tempted to ignore completely as my current plans include neither team for the next three weeks. Is that too risky? So just ignoring the double game week, Brandon, how risky is that? It's very risky. I mean, ignore it at your at your own peril, yeah. Jeff. I mean, yeah. Jeff, Jeff and I have been talking a fair amount offline about his plans for February. And yeah, this definitely is a spanner in the works. And like you were saying, Josh, about the hokey cokey usually not working because something invariably comes in to screw up your plans. And, right. and here we are, Jeff. So you, you have to play this double game week, even if it's a little bit, you do have to play it at least a little bit. Yep. I, I, I tend to agree. And not, not having one city player, that just seems, you know, one city midfielder attacker, that just feels um, really risky, especially because there's going to be so many managers in the top, you know, 10,000, top 100,000 who will have these players, who will be captaining these players. Um, although I will say some, you know, some person out there is going to be brave. They're going to hold on to Hazard. They're just going to captain Hazard at home to Huddersfield. And they're going to get like 65 points from him. You know, like that's just <laughs> 66. I guess it's got to be an even number. 
it could be right. me. Could be you, Brandon. I, but it won't be. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> let's take a let's take a quick break, and we're going to get back. We have a short lightning round, and then we're going to get out of here. As I mentioned before, we're going to keep this a short podcast this game week. Let's talk about our good friends at Starting Eleven, the live Premier League fantasy game available for your iOS or Android device. You can play for free or cash prizes. That's money, Josh. Play anytime there are two or more Premier League matches. Starting Eleven has no budgetary restrictions, so pick the best 11-man squad you can, and you can make substitutions live as the games are unfolding, just like you're a real-life manager. Join thousands of players worldwide competing in the English Premier League contest for cash or pride. You know, maybe maybe gambling isn't your bag. Maybe pride. Maybe pride is your bag. Maybe pride is your bag. <laughs> uh, something tells me pride and cash do go go hand in hand, mm-hmm. hand uh, most of the time. But yeah, you can join mini leagues through the app or start mini leagues with your friend. The great thing about Starting Eleven is you can even geo target competitions. Anyone who is a pitch length away from you or or shorter. So if other people are playing Starting Eleven in the pub or inside the stadium, you can compete against them uh, for cash or pride, as we mentioned, Josh. So yeah, on your iOS, cash games are now live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany. And if you're on an Android device, you can play for cash in the UK, or just pick up the app and play for free wherever you are. Oh, Brent, I was going to say, just big, big news that you and I are getting our own wire, like like the like the TV show, the wire. You familiar with the TV show, the wire, Brandon? I know no one ever talks about it. It's a very unfamous show, but maybe just randomly you've heard of the show, the wire. Probably have. I guess That's I just okay. have to. I, I have to wait till the summertime when there's no football, so I can carve out some time to watch this Wire TV show. Yeah, we are, but we are getting uh, Wire style burner phones soon, Brandon, and it's very exciting because we're going to start up regular weekly challenge the cheater competitions. Uh, we used to do this back in the day, Brandon. It was a lot of fun, and we are excited to get back to it. I'm going to be Randall Cheese Wagstaff, and uh, I guess that makes you. You want to be Avon Barksdale or Stringer Bell? Uh, no, I want to be that uh, i want to be snoop can i be snoop yeah you can be snoop actually and i'm gonna be uh the detective uh um, oh, what's his name oh oh mcnulty mcnulty thank you Jeez, i'm gonna be kima griggs actually <laughs> okay anyway so it's gonna be it's very exciting uh visit starting 11.io to learn more about it much tutorials on how to play i can't wait till they release the starting 11 the wire game <laughs> pick your pick your best wire starting 11 <laughs> Lightning round. First question comes from Gabe Castellanos. He says, I saw on Twitter that you are a patron of Mikkel Tovam, or Tokvam, excuse me. Uh, I am. In fact, he did a Meet the Manager series with uh, with our friend uh, Joe from Fantasy Football Scout. And uh, uh, he uh, does have, he has this thing where he does these, these uh, regular algorithms where he predicts uh, performance for midfielders and forwards. And it costs $1.50 a month. And, and Brandon, we have our own Patreon. I feel like we need to pay it forward by supporting other podcasts on Patreon too. Absolutely. You do yeah. that with Second Captains as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Patreon's fine. You feel like you're really helping people up, you know? So um, I am a fan of that. And he says, so anyways, Gabriel Castiano says, I have two questions for you. Uh, one is what do you like about a spreadsheet? Uh, and two, what other tools do you use? Um, so I guess I'll go first, Brandon, just because I, I do. I am the Patreon mm-hmm. subscriber for uh, for Mikkel. Uh, I like the spreadsheet just because it is nice, I think, to have somebody that you trust. Like there's a lot of data out there and I think there's a lot of noise, you know? I mean, anybody who's on mm-hmm. who's on Twitter and engaging with the fantasy community knows that 
you know, like basically half of all Twitter accounts now are just like pulling data and then presenting it to you. And you're like, ah, like, I don't know what to do with this, you know, and it's often like really contradictory and everybody has extremely strong opinions. And you're like, I don't, like, I don't know, like, how do I pick which one person to pay attention to here? Um, and so right. I like that he's just this, this, this quiet Northern European man who gathers data <laughs> and puts it out <laughs> in this like very easy to read spreadsheet. Uh, and so I just, I just trust it. Um, and other tools that you use, I use the fantasy football Scott members page. Um, so I guess is another way that I'm sort of paying it forward uh, in fantasy. I'm, I find the the, RN, the rate my team stuff on there useful. I find the heat maps useful, um, the player comparison tools. Um, I really like betting data. I find that the um, the um, the goal score odds for a given game week are incredibly reliable, um, and the clean sheet odds are too. And if I'm debating between two players, I will almost always go with whoever the goal score odds are for that game week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, it's like these are like the smartest gamblers in the world putting this stuff together. Like they're not, yeah. you know, it's like you want you want like they like you know like we may have a podcast take this very seriously, but like they're, 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 when there's like tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the line, I want to trust the people who are making those decisions, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> about who is most yeah. likely to score that game week. So, uh, what about you're you? all about beating the spread, Josh? Exactly. What about you? Yeah, like you, I also use the Fantasy Football Scout uh, members page. Having access to all that opted data is really helpful. Um, I, I enjoy the discussion on FPL Reddit. Uh, and the FPL community uh, in general can come under fire with just being full of so much noise. But all those different perspectives, if you're able to view them through your own lens, uh, it, it can really help. It, it helps me inform my decisions. Next question comes from Hannah. She says, hi, guys. What to do with Hazard? Hold or sell after Bournemouth and Huddersfield matches? He may have a double game week in a few weeks, but he also has tough fixtures and a blank on the horizon. So we did talk about Hazard um, earlier, but just in general, I mean, you got to hold it for the next two or at least one more, right? Yeah, I think he gets one more, the Bournemouth fixture, and we we have to reassess then. I mean, let's be clear. Hazard is is well underperforming and he's a big problem. Yep. So uh, you just have to be mindful of that. Uh, he will get one more shot for me. And okay. if he doesn't perform against Bournemouth, he'll he'll be gone. That's it. Okay. All right. I think that's I think that's a reasonable way to think about it. Uh, but if he gets like two goals uh, in the Bournemouth match, you're holding. You're going to keep him for game week 22. Five, you think? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yep. I think that's fair. Uh, FPL Koki says, uh, when is it a good time to get Sun in? It's amazing we've gotten this far without talking about Sun. Uh, says, is he the bionic man? I think the answer there is no. Uh, if he plays <laughs> no. straight away and for every match, surely Spurs will run him to the ground. But on the other hand, Spurs are in desperate need for attackers given Kane and Elliott are out. And they, Spurs lost again in the, um, the to Crystal Palace today. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, tied in with that, Tom Campbell says, is it a, just a given that this episode is to be named Here Comes the Sun? But I thought this was very insulting because, you know, you and I are not the punniest. <laughs> we are not the punniest of FPL managers. I feel like we're pretty wow. – we we go weird. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm more into the weird titles than the punny titles. Ab- yep. Absolutely. I yeah. mean uh, uh, template tectonics. We went straight uh, <laughs> earth science with the last title of the episode. So, yep. Yep. Tom, give us a little more credit than that. I, I agree. Yeah, come on, Tom. Uh, but about Sun, um, what do you think? Sun, I mean, I guess it feels like he's kind of off the table now because of all this. Uh, the Spurs are a mess. Spurs are an absolute mess. I think they're a stay away. I watched almost the entire Palace Spurs FA Cup match. Mm-hmm. And 
The one player for Spurs that jumped out at me was Eric Lamella. He was trying to do everything, uh, but everyone around him was conspiring to be bad, which was unfortunate. Lorente, he continues to get these starts. You can talk about how he's decent value at 5.9 if he's starting up front, but um, no, he's he's a donkey of a striker. He's really out of form. It's not going to work. You do worry there was talk of Son looking very fatigued at the end of the Asian Cup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's been playing nonstop for, you know, more than a year now. You would would guess he came into the season very fatigued. Right. So I, I, I think his minutes will be managed, even though they really do need him. And that said, he doesn't have a whole lot. Son himself doesn't have a whole lot to work with in that Spurs attack right now. Yeah, I read an interesting article a couple weeks ago. I think it was in The Athletic um, about... Um, how basically how Eric Dyer, like really his absence really changed the Spurs attack. And they decided to basically just kind of go all out, you know, and just have Kane and son sort of combine and just like, like just run over opponents, you know, just like, just like, I don't know, like, um, just try to outscore them basically. Um, and Mm -hmm. it was like really quite effective. Right. I mean, at one point they were, you know, ahead of, um, you know, ahead of man city uh, on the table before they kind of ran out of steam and, and then everyone got injured. Um, so I don't really know what Sun is going to be like without Kane and without even Allie. It's just with Lucas Mora, like we don't really know what's going on there. Um, Lorente, I mean, Lorente is not exactly a, a straight like for like swap with Harry Kane. I mean, I guess they're both tall, you know, but it's I, yeah. I don't you know, so I, I worry a little bit about him. I mean, it, they do have three home fixers in a row. But I, again, I just because Man City have this double in gaming 25, it's just it's really hard for me to to think about any going anywhere else with my transfers over the next two game weeks. Yeah, you can't have everyone. And if I look at the people I could go without right now, Spurs are a top of the list of, uh, yeah, I can go without. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's too bad. And if Ali was still playing, maybe I'd feel differently, but yeah, I agree. Brandon final question. This is like almost like an actual lightning round this time. Like we almost got through this stuff quickly. Uh, Tom cat says this game week is my only realistic chance of making my money back from my work league, uh, by winning the month of January. Uh, it says what captain slash chip do you recommend I use? Uh, most rivals are likely to captain Salah, So maybe I triple captain him. Do I consider triple captain Aubameyang as a differential? What do I do? Oh, do not triple captain Aubameyang. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would dangerous. consider captaining Aubameyang as a big differential because I, I agree almost everyone is going to be on Salah game week twenty four mm-hmm. as as they uh, should. Just does think. Yes, uh, agreed. So you know, I think the 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 most guarded strategy and perhaps could be the most effective one is just captain Salah along with everyone else and have a little belief in the rest of your team that they they will be able to chip away at what all your other colleagues are doing. Uh, it just doesn't feel like, particularly all the talk that we've just had about Game Week 25 and the double, mm-hmm. it's a wrong time to play a triple captainship. Yeah. It, it, it's, a strange, it's a strange one for me, uh, the work league culture. I mean, do, do you, what, is, what do you want more, to win a month and win some of your money back? Or do you want to do well over the course of the season? Because even if you don't win any money, I feel like there must be more bragging rights generally involved in doing better than everyone at the end of the season. I feel like you're just lecturing poor Tomcat now, Brandon. Jeez. Well, Tom, you know, Tom came <laughs> to the Always Cheating podcast to get lectured at. I don't really understand why anyone writes us uh, unless that's what they expect. But I don't know. What do you think he should do? 
Well, I, I, I'm just, you know, if he's the kind of person who's even considering this, then I would just, I would just triple captains. I mean, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get cute. Like if you want to score the most points, you know, I mean, I wouldn't consider any other chips, by the way, I wouldn't consider a bench boost. I mean, I don't know what his team looks like, you know, but um, a triple captaining, triple captain Mo Salah. I mean, this is a, I mean, Liverpool, oh, like them losing in the FA Cup, it was just so great for them. And in terms of their chances of winning the league, you know, they just had this long, relaxed, extended break. Um, it's like the perfect time of the season, right? Like right before they're about to go into it, you know, a bunch of fixtures like lined up, um, have some injuries, like players get a little more time to recover. Um, they're about to play a Leicester team that conceded four at home, like away to Wolves the game week before. Um, I love, I love Salah at home this game week. Yeah. Yeah, don't get cute, Tom. Don't get cute. Uh, Brandon, that's it. Um, Game Week 24 starts on Tuesday, um, Tuesday and Wednesday. Brandon, I am excited to tell you that I took a half day on Tuesday, and I am going to be watching these matches. I'm very excited. I took a vacation day on Friday to watch the FA Cup, so, you know. Who got the better deal? Probably you <laughs> in the end. <laughs> All right, let's sign off before we get to our interview with Tyro Aruda again from the Yale Soccer Conference. Josh and I will be attending this conference February 9th through 10th. We will report back on how awesome it is if you're in the New Haven, Connecticut area and have any interest in learning more about the business of soccer attending this conference. Uh, just hit us up with an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Tyro's getting us some free tickets. Let's try to work something out. You can find out more information at soccerconference.org. All right, quick thank you to all of our uh, producers via Patreon. If you want to support the pod, maybe become a producer yourself and learn about all the cool stuff we offer to our Patreon members, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Josh, give us those big producer thank yous. All right. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Carl Rasmus, Laney Granley, Chris Howell, Rafay Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Railsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, DeBig Gaffer, Danny Evans, Papas Kuhn, Tor Furland, Sir Matt Husby. Brandon, we need a new nickname for Matt Husby. Well, we'll get him two next week. Ben Grant, James Holland, and Matt Ritter. Awesome. Subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast, wherever it is that you get fine podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Spotify, That's SoundCloud, right. Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review while you're at it. That would help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Hail Cheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Email us, yes, at HailCheaters at gmail.com. Or for all this information and more, just visit alwayscheating.com. And Brandon, one final note. We have an email we want to read to end this podcast. People have been asking about two of the patron saints, two people who are available on the Always Cheating t-shirt. Brandon, what's the latest with these two? So uh, Damien Byrne writes us from Belgium. He says, uh, I thought it might interest you or your listeners that following Sorlos' loan move to Ghent, he's now playing in the Belgian Pro League, the same league as Mbakani, who plays for Royal Antwerp. Mbakani is doing well. He has seven goals and six assists and 17 league appearances. Sorloth, meanwhile, impressed in his league debut last weekend. Get this, Josh. He scored the winner in a 1-0 victory against Anderlecht, a club which have been the champions of Belgium 34 times. Hmm. Uh, Damien goes on to link to video highlights of Sorloth. And my God, Sorloth is going to be rule. He's going to be king of Belgium. Is, <laughs> is Belgium the, the type of European nation that still has a king? That's a good question. Because if I'm they do, sure. yeah. uh, I think Sorloth will probably change his citizenship mm-hmm. and become king of Belgium. And Mbikani can become some sort of landed gentry, perhaps. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Is uh, I think that's it. That's it. On to the interview. All right. 
Okay, we have some exciting news. Josh and I are actually heading up to New Haven to attend the first annual Yale Soccer Conference that is happening February 9th and 10th. And we got an invite from our new best friend who <laughs> joins us today, Tyro Aruda, who is the founder and president of the Yale Soccer Conference. Tyro, thank you for joining us in the Always Cheating Pod. Brandon, thank you so much for the kind introduction. And thank you, Josh, for the opportunity to be here. It's a big honor for me to participate in your podcast. And also, I would like to congratulate you for the great work and the great contribution to soccer that you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you. And thanks for thanks for inviting us to the conference. We're really Really excited to attend. Um, it's a it's an amazing guest list. I you know when we first got the invitation from you and we went to uh, the website, which is um, it's soccerconference.org, correct? Correct. I can't believe that URL was still available. I know, uh, right? What, what a great guest. <laughs> that was a, a very big like for my side. And when I searched for it, I just found that boy and I just uh, was the first to buy. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, we 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 can talk about some of the specific speakers, but just a little flavor. There are people that'll be there from ESPN, from from Barcelona, Bayern Munich, various MLS clubs, uh, academics and researchers, and and people interested in the business of global football. Pierre Moussa, who uh, produces the NBC Sports Premier League coverage here in the United States, in, in, an incredible list of uh, attendees at the conference. So, T Tyra, what, what made you decide to start this conference? I mean, what was the um, what was the idea behind it? You know, how long has this been in the works? So, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of that background before. So, I'm coming from Brazil, so you can see my passion in soccer is nature, right? So... For me, it was easy to, mm -hmm. I, when I came to Yale, I just, uh, Yale School of Management to do my MBA program. I signed to be one of the captains of the soccer club and I got the position. So now I'm um, on the club, running the club. We have 80 players that we play all over the country. So this is very exciting for me. Wow. And I'm also a big fan of uh, the sport. Uh, I support Sao Paulo and I follow the sport so much. And I decided here, while I'm studying the School of Management, to pursue a career in soccer. And then uh, my goal of my career is to buy a club. Uh, I'm aiming to buy a club in the U.S., especially in the second division, maybe start a club here or maybe in Europe uh, through investments, uh, finding investors to, to do it and uh, can run a club in the future. Well, that's my aim of my wow. career. Brandon, and then I, uh, sorry. Oh, I was, gonna, I was just going to ask Brandon how jealous he is of Tyra right now. I think we're both. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so, yeah, you're basically um, citing every ambition that uh, a soccer fan in the U.S. has. It's also great to hear that someone has the ambition to buy – to, to go the grassroots way, you're not looking to buy an MLS club like the David Beckhams of the world, but particularly what the United States needs and so many countries around the world, uh, lower division clubs need that kind of support and investment. It, mm -hmm. So uh, just what is your, what, to that end, what has been your experience uh, coming from a great uh, footballing nation like Brazil to the United States and playing uh, soccer here and researching it as what kind of difference is there between Brazil and, say, Connecticut? So, yeah, that's a lot of difference. I can say, like, Brazil is a, Brazil produces <laughs> a lot of players. It's incredible. People play soccer since they, they are born. Every single child, they play in the streets. They don't have uh, even um, ch uh, cleats to play, but they do. They don't have balls, but they play with their socks. 
and we we are born like that. We are born thinking about soccer, so that we produce a lot of players. That's the main difference. But at the same time, I, I see the U.S. as a like, very, very committed and organized country in terms of sports. So we can see the results on Olympic Games, for instance. The U.S. is always the best country. And I think, I really think that the U.S. is, is, is taking the right steps towards being the, the, a superpower in the soccer in the future. So uh, when I, I worked before coming to, to Yale, I was working with management consulting firms. And then I have a passion of soccer, so I, I'm merging the two of them, and then I want to manage a club. So that makes total sense for me. And I, when I look at the U.S., I see that here is the best industry, best country to, to develop my career on that. That's why I, I started this of the soccer conference. And so you started... The, yeah. So you start you start this conference. Um, you know, I mean, the, the mm-hmm. list as we as we mentioned a moment ago is full of you know huge names. I mean, people that that a lot of people would really like to be in a room with and, and hear speak. I mean, I know that I personally, Brendan and I were looking at the schedule, and you know, we're like, all right, gotta go to that one, gotta go to that one, gotta. So was, we'll was have it, to divide and conquer, Josh. Yeah, exactly. So was it hard to? Um, like, was it a hard sell to these people or was it like, you know, like, was it, um, you know, how long did it take to gather all these people together for this, this weekend? It was incredibly difficult, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we are very proud of the lineup of speakers that we have. And we, we, the, we started that with Fernando Palomo from ESPN. So he mm-hmm. came here first to, uh, we got the contact of him. He came, we invited him to come here to give it to the students. He gave, and we met in person, and I mentioned to him, look, uh, do you think a conference would be a good idea to start here in SOM to shape the future of soccer? We can talk better about the mission of the conference. And then Fernando got really excited about the idea, and he started introducing us to people, and we started from there. Gotcha. And then, like, uh, aside from that, uh, we had some great classes here in Yale, to learn how to build a new project from zero is really difficult. And then my strategy was to find the early adopters. So I need to invite first people that are willing to accept before starting inviting people that I think are more difficult to accept the, uh, being part of the conference. Mm-hmm. And for you to have a sense, we are not paying any one of the speakers. They are paying for their own pocket to be here. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, that's amazing. So they really want to be here. They really want to be part of this project. So then we started reaching out to the early adopters that I, that I, I, I used to say that are people that uh, love the sport and they, they like professors, uh, writers, and then we reached out to them, they accepted, and then we started growing and reached out to like these big guys that we have so far. And uh, what is amazing to say is that I talked to so many people like Kaká, we talked to Reynaldo Rueda, the coach of uh, the Chilean coach, uh, Ronaldo Fenomeno as well, we invited him, uh, we invited Donovan we had we invited Lala's and his agent as well. <laughs> All of these great people, they loved the conference. They couldn't come this year because of their agenda. So mm-hmm. we really, really hope to have all of them for the next year as well. So uh, I was very lucky to connect with all of these people. They are very nice. And uh, the conference is growing from the first year that we are very proud that all of the great speakers we have. 
but we're going to have like uh, all of these great guys coming to next year as well. Yeah. And I, this year, Stefan Zemanski is coming too, which I'm pretty excited about it. The, his book, Soccernomics, was uh, one of the first books I read when I was really getting into the sport. And uh, it was a, you know, he, he had a huge influence on me. So I'm really excited to to hear him speak. Yeah. Speaking of huge influences, for me, Tyro, growing up as a young soccer fan in the States in the 80s and early 90s, the only way I could watch football or soccer was via Telemundo. So I know Andres Cantor mm-hmm. so well for calling <laughs> uh, Mexican League games and his legendary goal calls. So uh, what a treat that'll be. Yeah, so we are very excited to have Cantor here. He was on, he's one of the R stars in the conference for sure. And we we're going to have a session with him about uh, like Q&A session. We will have Prof. Diego Von Bacano that is organizing with us. They, are, they know each other very well. Diego going to uh, start with some questions to Cantor. And then we're going to open to the audience to ask him anything they want. So, yeah, we are very excited to have him here. That's great. So just ab- about the conference itself, if people, uh, you know, are interested in attending, um, are, you know, tickets are available for purchase. That's correct? Yes. Uh, well, as we may know that we, this is the first year of this event. So basically in this event is a student-run conference. So we don't have any support, any financial support from Yale. So we started the project without any sponsor anything. So we priced the tickets at $175 sorry, uh, in the beginning. And then after we got some uh, sponsorship, we were able to reduce a lot of the costs. So now we, are, we have tickets starting from $45. That's amazing. And people can get a lot of benefits aside from uh, learning a lot about the, the sports that we love. They're going to have a book that we're uh, the Soccer Thinking for Management Success from Peter Lodge. He's a professor from Georgetown and he will be here speaking at the event as well. We're going to give swags. Uh, we're going to have like catering bread, breakfast and lunch. Wow. We'll have uh, so, some social events as well, all covered on the tickets. We have a networking event on the first night, on the first evening of the event. We'll have also the second day, we'll have like a long day, a long afternoon of a networking event as well so all of these are covering the event the only thing that i can say that are unfortunately the tickets are very limited and um i advise people that want to come to buy as early as possible we do have and i'm sure to have, yeah i was just gonna say that we we were able to talk to tyra beforehand and he was able to offer a few tickets that we are actually going to be able to give away for free to always cheating listeners so if you are an always cheating listener in uh, New York, um, Connecticut, you know Massachusetts, or if you want, I guess if you want to fly in, yeah, if you have some frequent flyer miles to spare, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Please, I mean, yeah, email us. Yeah, just re- we, you know, so we're, we're not, um, we're still you know sorting out all the details, but email us at hailcheaters at gmail dot com and uh, and reach out. Let us know, uh, you know, why you want to keep, you know, you know why you, why you're interested and attended, and uh, you know, we'll get back to you. Tyro, the, the conference sounds amazing. I'm thinking if it doesn't work out for you in terms of buying or running a soccer club, you can just run conferences. I think that will be a fine career for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a possibility as well. But uh, I think this uh, here in our conference, we don't aim to make profits. So I'm going to be like just a happy poor guy. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. So go to soccerconference.org to purchase your tickets, or as Josh Josh says, write us if you're interested in uh, getting some, winning some free tickets from us. Um, And just go to soccerconference.org to check out this list of speakers. So you're at the Yale School of Business. Is that right? The Yale School of Management. Yeah. The Yale School of Management. Yeah. So the I assume the origin of the soccer conference was thinking about soccer or football from a business point of view. Uh, what, do, what do you see coming out of this conference in terms of uh, the business of global soccer or the professionalization of it? Yeah, that's a perfect question. We like this, as I mentioned, this is a student um, project. So as running the soccer club here, we saw that the soccer industry is huge in the world. And we, we don't have any school in the U.S. giving the proper attention to this business, to this industry. It's very common for us to see uh, the school giving like uh, all the support to people to join like consulting companies, uh, banking, uh, tech, IT, any, any other areas. But we don't see a lot of uh, attention to soccer, which is huge. So we, uh, uh, the first goal of the conference is to bring to Yale this passion of soccer here and to uh, build the, the future leaders of soccer. That's the main goal for us. And uh, aside from that, on the conference itself, we are tackling two different areas. One of it is business, so that we're going to discuss, like, uh, we're bringing people to discuss the future of soccer, the analytics. We all know the money ball case, so uh, the question is, is going to happen to soccer as well or not? So we're going to have people to speak about analytics um, how to manage a small club, a big club in different regions in the world. What uh, is to uh, the, the problems of uh, managing soccer in South America versus Europe versus Asia in the US, etc. And the second part of the conference, we aim to tackle the social issues of the sport. This is very important for us. So I'm talking about racism, I'm talking about corruption, gender inequality the LGBTQ issues as well in the sport. So all of these problems that uh, are inherent to the soccer, we want to discuss. We're bringing people to talk about uh, racism, like uh, uh, Ben Carrington, he's a specialist in racism in soccer. He's going to explain to us the call solutions. So it's going to be a great conference in both sides, the social side and the business side as well. Great. And so just one last question. If uh, a lot of our listeners are... You know, we love our Norwegian listeners. Probably hard for a lot of them to come uh, fly over. You know, in two weeks' time to see the conference. Is don't there a sell way our for them don't to... sell our Norwegian listeners. I don't short want to here. sell them short. I'm not selling them short. But just <laughs> <laughs> but if they can't make it, uh, is there a chance for people to uh, stream or at least uh, you know to view some of these um, some of these panels online? Yes, we we plan to have some sessions live streamed, and then we're gonna uh, have the recorded video in YouTube for them to watch. But we want to just give a sense of the conference for people that they can come to the second year. Of course, we need to prioritize and to give the best of the conference to people that bought the tickets that came to here. And we really want to, to that everyone that soccer come to here to, to the conference. So all of the best sessions, I can say, 
uh, only people that are here can see. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to have some of them to, to, to go the global audience for a little taste. Sure. Okay. Yep. I understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, it's, it sounds amazing, Tyro. So you've been in the States for a year and a half. Have you adopted an MLS club or a USL club? Yeah. Are you a New England Revolution fan now? No, I am an Orlando City fan now. So that Orlando City, uh, it, Kaka, there yeah, you go. and also <laughs> Orlando City is owned by a Brazilian uh, guy, and also the C- CEO oh, cool. of the city is um, coming to speak at the conference. Alex Leiton, we talked a lot. So he's a great guy, and I'm really a fan of Orlando City now. Besides from Orlando City, I'm really fan of Hartford Athletic now as uh, the, the only professional soccer club in Connecticut, and they are partnering with us uh-huh. as well. They are sponsoring the event. Um, yeah, so those are two, the two clubs that I'm supporting: one in the MLS and the one in the second league. Excellent, so, go Hartford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Josh, yeah. Josh, and I obviously cover the fantasy game, so we're really excited to get to the Yale Soccer Conference and see. Uh, if anyone's thinking about the future of fantasy, the fantasy game globally, because there there must be huge upsides with playing the fantasy game and increasing the awareness of football at every level around the world. Yes, uh, I have to say that uh, the soccer is the only only sport that is as a common language all over the world. Everywhere in the world that you go, um, soccer is the language that everyone can speak. And it can unite every race, every, uh, like, enemies. They can unite in the same language. So that's a beautiful sport. It's the most beautiful sport that I can think about. And it definitely have a lot of room to grow here in the U.S. And, uh, as the World Cup is coming to the country as well again. Yes, good I point. I really mm-hmm. think that we, yeah, I really think that uh, the industry of soccer here will grow a lot. And the country will be a superpower in the future for sure. It's beautifully said, Tyro. I mean, Josh and I, uh, we don't get along well outside of our home. So <laughs> soccer giving us something <laughs> to talk about with strangers around the world is really a gift that soccer keeps giving. So I, I appreciate that sentiment. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're excited. We're excited to meet you. Um, you'd probably be running around like crazy in a couple of weeks' time. So hopefully, we'll get a chance to meet you briefly uh, in in February ninth and tenth. And uh, yeah, we're excited to be there. Yeah, everyone, go to soccerconference.org for more information to see the list of incredible speakers. Grant Wall, like legendary Sports Illustrated columnist here in the United States, so many great people. Learn more about tickets, or yeah, just hit us up at our email hailcheaters at gmail or DM us on social media. We've got some free tickets, courtesy of Tyro, to give away to the Yale Soccer Conference. Tyro. Thank you so much for joining us on Always Cheating, and uh, we'll see you in New Haven, Connecticut. Yes, very excited to have you here, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this beautiful project, and I hope to grab some coffee with you here in New Haven. Yeah, Sounds great. Well, thank thank you again for coming on.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.